139 and verse 1, and read down through verse 16. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall upon me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Lord, we ask for your insight, instruction, and challenge and encouragement in our lives today. That can only come as a working of your spirit. And Lord, we thank you that you desire to minister to us. We look forward to it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the southwest part of our nation is a very unique place. It is um, hours from any major airport. It is 33 miles, roughly, from any town or city, and yet thousands and thousands of people make their way to this place in our southwestern part of our nation, and it is in part the uniqueness that they can be In four states at one time, the states of Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, and Utah all meet, and people will go down there and either put one foot in each state and bend over and put a hand in each state, or they'll get on all fours, and they're... They're excited that they're able to be in four states at one time. How many of you have ever been there? Any of you been there? A few of you have, okay. 
So it is, it, it is, I mean, people will travel that distance. I'm sure they're going someplace, you know, but, oh, we could go there. And, um, and the uniqueness of it, because we know we can only be in one place at a time. But there, for a moment, we think we can be in four states all at the same time. What we're looking at today in the attribute of God is that God is ever-present or omnipresent, all-present. And we read in Psalm 139, he says, where can I go from your spirit? He said, if I go to the heights of heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and go to the depths of the sea, you are there. If I say the darkness will cover me, you are there. Wherever I go, there you are. Jesus said when he gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, and lo, I am with you always. I heard a a man say once that that's evidence that you shouldn't fly in planes. God said, lo, I am with you always, all right? But the reality is, is the omnipresent, ever-present God, no matter where you go, in in Psalm 23, the familiar psalm, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, behold, God is with us. I am with you, he said. And, and in Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 23, I am a God who is near. I am not a God who is far off. God is always present everywhere in the universe. The omnipresence or ever-presence of God is a, a practical attribute which describes his presence that we can't relate to, that at the same time, he is everywhere. I know sometimes growing up as a kid, you thought your mom's presence was every. How did she know that I did such and such? But it is only God's presence that is everywhere. And it's hard for us to grasp because we know we can only be in one place at a time. There, There's times when you wish you could be in two places at a time. When you're raising kids and and they have important events at the same time and you're thinking, ah, and and you have to choose because... We can't be at more than one place. And and unlike God, we are bound to one place at a time. And we need to realize God is not bound. He is not bound by a body. He is not limited by space. He is not merely big and uncontainable. We have to trust it by faith. He is present everywhere. Now, let me add, Satan is not omnipresent. Satan is not present everywhere. 
he has forces of evil that do his bidding, but Satan is not present everywhere. I mean, there is a great, great difference between our God and our adversary. And we ought to rejoice in that and and rejoice this attribute of God, like all the attributes of God, separate him from everything else. And and in realizing God is fully present in all places, at all times, past, present, and future. Try to wrap your mind around that. That God is present. He's just as present in his presence at the signing of the Declaration of Independence on March 1st, 2020, and on the day that he's coming again. I mean, we can't. He is timeless, but he is ever-present. In realizing that, he cannot be contained. He cannot be reduced to a statue or to an idol. I mean, you think of it. God said, don't make any graven images. It wasn't just a command for us. It's an impossibility. You can't make God into any image, because when it is, then it is limited to where it is. And and yet we as human beings want to fit a God into our mind. We can only be in one place at a time. Well, then God can only be in one place at a time. But realizing um, that God is fully present, that there is nowhere in the universe that lies outside of God's recognition, outside of God's care, and outside of his presence. Now, when we say God is present everywhere, we are not saying that all creation is God or a part of God. There are pantheists that say that everything is God. This podium is God. And and your car is everywhere you go is God. We're not saying that is not what God is saying. Um he is not the carpet. He is not in the trees. God is omnipresent and we believe that God is undeniably a person. And he is far removed and far greater than all creation. But with the increase of Eastern religions, there comes an increase of people that believe, yeah, I believe God is everywhere. He's he's in that tree out there. He's in the water that's running down. He's in the cloud. He's in my coffee table at home. He's in my coffee cup. Some of you almost think that, don't you? All right. But the reality is God is present everywhere, but he is not the creation. He is the creator. God is distinct from the creation that he fills. Pantheists tell us that we are all parts of God and all creation is deity. We are not parts of God. And all creation is not Godhead or deity. 
if that were so, then we would all be worthy to be worshipped. If we are part of God, then God is to be worshipped. Then we could worship man. But we know the Bible condemns that. So when, when we say God is ever-present, we're not saying he is in the creation. He is greater than the creation, but his spirit and his presence is everywhere. So we realize we, right here today, are all in the presence of God. Since God is everywhere, um, his omnipresence is to realize we are always in the presence of God. Sometimes God manifests manifest his presence. Remember the story of the three Hebrews? They were put in the fiery furnace, and God was present with them, but he manifested his presence. There was a fourth being that was there. There are times throughout history God has manifested his presence and chosen to do that. But whether we see it or not, God is ever present. And God is fully present in all places, and there is no place or time where God is not. But since God is everywhere, some might say, well, God is with me. And indeed, God's presence is with us, but we do not have access or fellowship with him except through Jesus Christ. His presence is everywhere, but in order to personally know him, to personally have his ministry in our life, and to have fellowship with him, that is only through Jesus Christ. We've said over and over again, John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So, as believers that have called upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. One of the most uh, famous free thinkers of England, a man of great intellectual esteem, one day met a, a poor working class man who was on his way to church, and he stopped him and thought he'd have a little fun with him, and he said, Is your God a great God or a little God? And the man turned and said to him, He is so great, sir, that the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. And he is so little that he can dwell in my heart. This free thinker later admitted that this simple answer by this uneducated man had more effect on his mind than all the volumes of argument that he had ever read in any book of religious apologetics. You never know what God is going to use, but he spoke the truth. God is so big that nothing can contain him, but he is small enough that when you call upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, the Spirit of God takes up permanent residence in your life. So, 
Let's make some application to this truth. The omnipresence or ever-presence of God. He's present everywhere. What should it, what kind of impact should it have on our life? Number one, it should show us we can never run or hide from God. We live in a day today that there are cameras everywhere now. Um, you can't go in a pasture or a field anymore in southern Iowa without running into cameras, all right? When we had our grandkids here, Marilyn told Denny to take the girls out for a hike down in the field, the crop. And they went down and Denny came across and said, look, look, girls, there's a camera. The next morning, I get a text from the landowner and, and said, do you recognize these people? And I, she knew who they were, too. And, and I said, sure. She said, I've rented that property out for hunting. And um, the guys texted me this this morning, and they weren't too happy about it. We used to be able, you know, you used to be able to go out in the country and roam, and now all these headhunters have ruined everything. Everywhere you go, there's cameras. There's guys that the, a football player a few years ago thought he was in an elevator and could do things to his wife that um, thought no one would see. Well, he ended up seeing that he was abusive to his wife, ended up costing him his career and everything. But the reality is, regardless of cameras, Jonah thought he would run from God. And God was present everywhere. He didn't need a GPS to find out where Jonah was. He sent the storm. He sent the whale. He knew exactly Jonah was coming to the realization that God knows where we are. God is present, and you can ignore God, but you can't avoid him. And that should be a very serious warning to every one of us. So, this reality, one, it should make us realize we can never run or hide from God. Secondly, it should keep us from evil. That God is here. You may be the only one that's on your phone and looking at it, but God is right here with you. You may, like Moses, when he went out into the desert and he looked around and saw no one and he killed that Egyptian and thought no one saw him. You may think no one knows But God sees. He is there. No matter where you go, God is there. And that thought alone should cause us. If God were right here in person, would it affect what I say? Would it affect what I'm doing? The presence of God, that God is everywhere. And then thirdly, It ought to instill courage in our hearts. It ought to instill courage. The three Hebrews knew that God is present everywhere. And they said, we know that our God can deliver us from this fiery furnace, but if he doesn't, that's okay. 
we know that God is with me. And they understood the reality of this. And it gives courage. David, when he went up against Goliath, he knew the presence of God. Joseph, the Lord was with him. We read over and over and over again. And and it ought to give us courage. God may call you to something in your work. He may call you to a situation and you may think, here I am. And it'd be easy to think, who are we? I mean, None of us are notoriously famous. None of us here, unless you're leading a secret life in some other way, you're some other world, you're really famous. It'd be easy for us to think, God's got the whole world to take care of. Me, to go unnoticed, unseen, God is present with you. And and you may feel all alone in your responsibilities and, and you may feel all alone and think, how can I continue? But wait a minute, God is present with me. And that should, fourthly, bring comfort and joy. What a source of encouragement. Every place you can go, you have a guide. You have a protector, you have a father, you have a friend, you have what Psalm 46 says, a very present help in time of need. In worship, we may sense his love. In meditating on his word and his law, we may sense his sense of holiness. In hell, people sense his wrath. For believers, eternity will be when we experience the presence of God to our fullest capability. But by, but now we live by faith and we know God is with me even though I don't see Him. The fellowship is sweet to those who walk with God and have built a relationship The sweetest fellowship comes through obedience and trust of the Lord. It's not a passing feeling. In Psalm 16 and verse 11, the psalmist said, In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This afternoon we'll be looking at practicing the presence of God. What does it mean to practice the presence of God? But first of all, we have to come to the the realization, God is present everywhere. And that ought to be, yes, on the one hand, it ought to be a, a sense of conviction to keep us from evil. On the other hand, it's a sense of comfort and joy that I can have this fellowship with God. God is everywhere. He is with us in temptation. He is with us in need. He is with us in loneliness. He is with us through difficult service. He is with us through danger. He is with us even in death. And when we begin to cultivate and understand and walk in the presence of God, then we will come to know a fullness of joy that we may not know apart from it. But to realize this, God 
is present with me. Many of you have had the the unfortunate experience of of um, saying an earthly goodbye to to a loved one in your in your life, and you're no longer able to have that presence. We've all experienced it to certain degrees, but to understand, as Paul said, nothing can separate me. From the love of God. Nothing can separate me from the presence of Christ that I have by faith in Jesus Christ. If I go to the highest mountain, He is there. If I go to the depths of the sea, God is there. In the midst of the darkest night of your life, God is there. And that ought to provide great comfort no matter what comes in my life. No matter where I may be taken, God is there. And the ever-presence of God should bring, as we said, conviction and should bring great comfort and joy in our lives that He is everywhere. But more importantly, He is with me. And when we have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, he dwells within us. And we rejoice in the fact that nothing can separate us from the presence of God. Heavenly Father, I pray that today your presence would be made real in our lives. Not just for today, but Lord, that tomorrow and this week and until you come again, your presence would be a comfort, a strength, a joy in our life, that it would also be a conviction to keep us from evil. Lord, I pray for individuals that may be here today that that they know they're running from you. Lord, help them to see no matter where they run that you are already there. And I pray for individuals that need to run to you for forgiveness of sin. Lord, thank you that you said you will come in and fellowship with us if we open our heart to you. Lord, thank you that you are not bound by a body, that you are not limited by matter and time and space, we rejoice that you are present, not in this church building, but Lord, that you are everywhere we could ever go in this universe, and Lord, that you dwell within us by faith in Jesus Christ. We can never thank you enough. So may your presence be made real in our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.